everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Toy Lines Podcast. We have a great show for you today. We have Blake Wright, author of The Toys That Time Forgot. We're celebrating his launch of his Kickstarter for Volume 3. So sit back and enjoy, and we'll see you in a minute. Thanks for enjoying that uh, intro. I'm Tom Romero. With me is Ian Westoff. Ian, we have a great guest with us today. He Indeed. has this is his second time on Toy Lines. I can't believe he came back, but I'm very <laughs> appreciative. Mr. Blake Wright, author of Toys That Time Forget. He's promoting volume three of his Trilogy. of his history. I mean, this this thing is an incredible tome for any toy enthusiast. I mean, no. Even the cover is fantastic. How you doing, Blake? Thanks doing for coming. Well. Yeah, doing well, gentlemen. How are you, how are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thank you. Here's some Toy Lines trivia for you, Blake. You are amongst, I don't know, what would you say, Ian? Ten guests we've had so far? You are our most downloaded guest ever. I mean, you mm. even beat out Kevin Eastman. Wow. Yeah. So, So congratulations and thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'll wear that badge proudly. <laughs> so, uh, how are you dealing with COVID now? I mean, we're we're in a different world since last yeah. time we spoke. I mean, I'm dealing with it just like everyone else is. I'm not not doing much. I don't haven't eaten in the restaurant since March of last year. Uh, haven't gone to the movies. Haven't uh, haven't traveled. You know, I was at I was at Toy Fair in New York in February of 2020. Wow. And, yeah, we all were. Yeah. yeah. So we came when I got home. About two weeks later, I was sick. Uh, really? And I figured, well, that's just the yeah. the con crud, you know. But uh, I felt really bad. And uh, and I don't normally go to the doctor when I feel bad, but I went to the doctor. And uh, he uh, they didn't know at the time if it mm-hmm. was if I had it or not. Um, I, I come to think that it wasn't it uh, just because the symptoms were different than what most people uh, most people attribute to COVID. Um, but at the same time, you know, there were no, back in March of 2020, there were no tests out there yet. They were just starting to roll this stuff out. So, so I just chalked it up to getting the con crud. He, he gave me a Z pack and I took him and I felt better, but yeah, I mean, it definitely had its challenges on volume three because of the fact that, yeah, I was not able to travel like I normally would to go visit some of these people and, you know, get their stories and be able to photograph what they had or, scan what they had um, but fortunately i had a lot of leftover material from from volume two and volume one for that matter because you can only fit so much into these books before they start weighing too much and it cost a mint to to ship them it already cost a mint to ship them so i didn't want to get them i didn't want to get them too much bigger than what they are and i had a really good run at the end of last year where folks were actually sending me material through the mail oh that's awesome is, which was really nice. Yeah, it was, it was, I think at this point I had built up enough credibility inside some of the, the ranks of former toy employees and that sort of thing where, you know, you get a voucher over here who vouches for you for this guy over here. And, right. 
and then and then you send them maybe a copy if you get like i have a few dinged copies of the books and someone says i'm really interested so i'll send them you know a copy of the book and uh and then they get it you know if they didn't get it before they they get what i'm doing they go oh okay well yeah let's talk and then the next thing you know you get a gigantic box in the mail and you know, I have people have people mailing me prototypes through the through USPS. Wow, which is nuts. Yeah, um, but you know, I was I was very thankful for it. Now, when did you do any traveling at all, or was it no. just at your house? Oh, yeah, right. was, we just did. I mean, there was a lot of this, a lot of a lot of Zoom type calls, uh, right. a, a lot of phone interviews. Did some email back and forth. Did some Facebook chats. Did uh, you know? Did everything I could, but uh, no, I haven't been on a plane since since coming home from New York Toy Fair. Wow! So the Kickstarter is February tenth. Now, usually, I believe the first two volumes came out in February as well. Correct? Yeah. the the The, the plan was to have them have the Kickstarter going during Toy Fair. Right. So, um, yeah. So the last one funded at Toy Fair, which was kind of neat. Uh, the first one didn't fund until the last day, which was extremely stressful wow um but uh, or the last day and a half or something like that it was right at the end i was sweating it but um so yeah it was always good to be to be able to to go to toy fair because the last couple of toy fairs i spoke uh gave a little presentation part of the uh as part of their program um and uh but it was good to be able to say hey yeah this is this book blah 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 oh by the way here's the here's the the uh, crowdfunding campaign check it out and uh, so that came in uh, came in really handy. Uh, but and at the same time, I knew Toy Fair wasn't going to happen this year. But I didn't feel the need to break it up. Um, I was just like, you know, we've rolled with it. It's been two years every February for the past two issues, so or the past two editions. So let's just go ahead and, and keep it February for Volume Three. Sure, give somebody to do that thing. Quarantine. Yeah, pick, exactly. up, pick up a good book. Yeah, exactly. So. I believe that every episode is somebody's first. Just a brief introduction, if you will. Where did you get the idea for Toys That Time Forgot? The book idea came from a magazine that I produced for one year online, uh, 2014. There was a quarterly toy magazine that I did called Little Plastic Men. And in that magazine, there was a recurring column called Prototypically Unproductive. And it was all about unproduced toys. Uh, we did the second series of Sectors, second series of Earthworm Jim. We talked about Soda when Soda Toys went out, or they didn't know about a business; they got sold. But the toys that didn't come out after they were sold, and I think Palisades uh, Sesame Street was in there. Okay. So those three, basically, those four were expanded upon and put in Volume One. Right. Uh, but when I decided to shut down the magazine because I made the mistake of making it free to read. And I hope I was hoping it was going to be advertising revenue that would come in. Well, that didn't work out. So, uh, so I was like, well, I can't keep doing it for free. So instead of, and it was going to be kind of labor intensive to go back and change the format to, to make it pay, pay to read. So I was like, well, let's just shut it down and, and just, I'll go about my business. And then, so that old adage where people, you say that you never hear from anybody until you try to take something away from them. <laughs> So I didn't hear a peep from anybody the whole time I'm putting putting this magazine out. Well, the minute I said, "Oh, by the way, this is the last issue," you know, it's been a good run. All these emails started coming in about wow. about no, hey, we really enjoy this. What's going on? Well, I even got a phone call uh, <laughs> from a guy 
who was like trying to help me come up with ways to monetize it. And I was like, you know, at that point, my heart really wasn't even in it a hundred percent because I was, I was doing some other things as well. And, uh, but it was humbling. I, I was like, Oh, well, that's, that's cool that, you know, a lot of people, at least a handful of people cared about it or whatever. And so I, I said to myself, okay, I'll do one more issue and I'll make it all unproduced toys because that's what people seem to like the best. So I started researching it and this would have been at the end of 2014, November ish. And I was like, wow, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of stuff out here and some of it's pretty cool. This, this really deserves to be more than a PDF on the internet. Someone should actually do a book on this stuff. And uh, so come to February of 2015 and Toy Fair was coming back around. I still had my magazine credentials, so I went. And on an iPad, I had dummied up like 20 pages of what a book might look like. Oh, cool. And I took it around to NECA and Playmates and Super 7 and all these guys and basically showed it to them and asked them to talk me out of doing it. <laughs> and nobody did. Uh, everyone was kind of excited about it, wanted to know how they could help. Which, Why did you want – I'm sorry. Why did you want them to talk you out of it? Because I, I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> I, mean, I, had, I had never written a book before, okay. you know, and I knew that there was a ton of research right. ahead of whoever, you know, decided to do that because yes, there's a lot of stuff out on the internet, but guys, it ain't close to being all out there. I mean, you got to think when did the, when did the internet really come into vogue? It's only, it's not even 20 years old. Oh, right? So even toys back in the nineties. So when yeah. did digital cameras come into vogue? Mid nineties. So anything before 1995, Someone would have to deliberately go and yeah. place it on the internet. Yeah, and you're unless they're a toy guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the stuff from the 80s, forget it. I mean, you're talking Polaroids and slides, mm. you know, as far as pictures. So it's just not, it's just not happening, uh, especially for stuff that was unproduced. So, you know, uh, I ended up coming back from that toy fair and told, asked, I told my wife, hey, it looks like I'm writing a book. <laughs> she was like, oh, great. So, yeah, that started the journey that, that ended with volume one two years later. It sounds like your um the original PDF thing that you were doing there. It was kind of it's like the backbone of of the book, of what became this trilogy of books. Yeah, I mean it was it really was what started it. I mean I you know back when I mean I have a guitar magazine that I do online that I produce bi monthly, so one every once every two months. Uh, originally it was once a quarter, so. When I after the first year of the guitar magazine, I was like really excited about this template that I had created and wanted to see if I could plug another uh, you know, another industry into this template and do another magazine. So that's what ended up happening with with Little Plastic Men. I took out the guitars and amps and effects pedals and put in the playsets, vehicles, and figures, and it became a toy magazine. And, and I had a lot, like I had a, had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I was able to, I was still doing travel, I was still traveling. We were interviewing, you know, I interviewed uh, Scott Hensey and, and David Varner in there, the, the, or Steve Varner, not David Varner, you know, two of the guys that are sculpting legends that, you know, between those two guys, that's every Playmates Ninja Turtle yeah. figure, you know, ever created almost, at least the vintage line them in their shops at least um so yeah it was i mean i had a lot of fun putting it together but at the end of the day i was doing it you know all that was coming out of my pocket you know i wasn't earning any money from doing that magazine so i was like well something's got to give but then it morphed into this which you know six years later i wouldn't have dreamed it would have this would have happened 
that I would be where I'm at right now, staring down, you know, the third volume of this book. So let's talk about volume three. Okay. Uh, if you can just give us a hint, what type of rewards will be in this Kickstarter right now? I mean, besides yeah. the book. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to main, I mean, I will tell you first and foremost, I'm interested in selling books. Okay. I'm not interested in selling t-shirts or, or any of that stuff. Um, but at the same time, I realized that the way Kickstarter functions is you need reward levels. So uh, there are some interesting rewards. Uh, this is the first time we're going to do a deluxe set. Oh, wow. Uh, so there'll be a, uh, you'll get a copy of volume three, but you'll also get, uh, I won't say exactly what you'll get, but you'll get other paraphernalia. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, I mean, your standard sticker, pin, keychain, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, as part of, I mean, uh, I had some help coming up with a little, with a little logo that, that, that I liked. There's a little homage to return of the Jedi and something because that's the third movie. This is the third book. Nice. Um, you know, there's some other things that, that I'm also trying to pull together. I've done some, some work on this one, this one item as part of the deluxe set that we're not really going to see. You're not going to be, you're not even going to see it yet in the, in the Kickstarter because I haven't come up with the right design for it yet, but it will be part of the package. I mean, that's kind of the benefit of this. You, you can tell people that this is going to be it, but ultimately it doesn't have to be delivered until the fall or whenever the book actually appears. That's what I was about to ask you. Um, so the Kickstarter is launching on the 10th. Yeah. When is the book actually going to ship? Do you have um, any idea? Yeah. I mean, I can guess. I mean, it's all a guess really. I mean, the book right as of right now, the book is about 90% written. Okay. Uh, all I have left to do is the, um, I mean, it's just like the other two books. It's it's broken up into those three sections. Mm -hmm. There's the golden age, darker times, and the gilded age. Well, each of those section headers has like 200 words, you know, that, that talks about the, the decade. Mm -hmm. um, so I need to write those headers. Uh, I need to write the introduction. And I need to do the thank yous at the back of the book. And it's pretty much written after that. I've done all the chapters. The chapters are written. Half of the book is in layout right now. So it's sent over to my my buddy Josh Seaton, who has done the layout for the last for the first two books. So I will be going to visit him. He's about 200 miles west of me. Wow. So I'll be going to visit him probably a few weekends from now hang out with him so we can finish out. Uh, we've done most of it remotely like this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I keep these little, these little books. Oh, awesome. That uh, I basically draw the layout. I take a picture of it, of each page and send it to him with all the pictures. So he knows where to place things. That's cool. Um, but some of it will need some tweaking. Uh, and we're going to do that in person. Are they all color photos or do you have black and white photos in there as well? Um, I think the majority of what shows up in there is color, but sometimes you only have black and whites to go, to go on, yeah. to go with. I can't recall anything right off the top of my head where I've only had a black and white though. So yeah, so most of it will be in color. Cool. Now there's a rumor going around that there's going to be a price increase this time around. There is. Historically, the book has been $50. Right. And there's been an early bird, I think, of $45 for the first 100 people to get in on the Kickstarter. Uh, basically, everything's bumped up a little bit. So the early bird will be 55 for the first 100. 
and the book is going to be 60 standard. Now, but, is that just to break even, like rising costs? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. should have happened with volume two, truthfully. Oh, wow, volume, okay. Volume two cost me 28% more than volume one did, and wow. I didn't raise the price. So I'm assuming, I really haven't even gotten a firm quote on uh, what this one is going to cost me, but I've got an idea. So that was the reason for the price increase. I mean, um, given the fact that there's some, you know, the, there are a lot of books out there that are priced uh, higher than mine for information that is at least somewhat comparable. I mean, there's nothing out there like Toys of Time for God. So, and it's a great book. I mean, it's well written. I mean, the layout's beautiful. I mean, you've found so many pictures and and sculpts and. I mean, it's a wonderful book, both volumes. I mean, Thanks. I can't, I can't wait for volume three. Yeah, that's what a lot of people were asking me. What the hell could you possibly have put in volume three that you, <laughs> you haven't already done? It's like, man, I swear to you, I could write ten of these books and still not be done. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you: is has there ever been some stuff that maybe too much or too little that you couldn't put in either volume? Oh sure, oh sure, yeah. I mean, uh, the rule of thumb for a chapter in the book is I got to make six compelling pages. If I can do six compelling pages off a toy line, then it's in consideration for the book. That said, there are two chapters maybe in this book, in volume three, that are going to probably come in at around 20 pages a piece. Wow. Wow. Uh, or, or, or near, or, you know, 18 to 20. And one of those lines is, has, has never been seen, I don't think. Uh, and I have 20 pages on it. So come on, what, you know, what the hell is that? You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, you think, like you said, you think you've seen it all and, or at least heard about it all. And something yeah, pops up. Case. So with your six pages for the guideline of a chapter, does that include the pictures or is that just words? Yeah, no, that's the, that's the whole, that's the whole shebang. Okay. So, you know, some of the, I mean, the word count in volume one is barely 20,000 words. It's not a long read at all. Uh, there may be a few more words in volume two than volume one, just because it's a little bit longer. Volume three is going to have more words in it than both the first books, just because the stories are, um, the, the more I, you, the more you uncover stuff that's never been seen, mm -hmm. the more you need to tell and explain about what you're looking at. You know, I mean, some of it's pretty self-explanatory and some of it's not. So, and it's been uh, you know a luxury for me to get a hold of some of these people that actually worked on these toy lines to be able to give me you know the the, ac the accurate feedback and the accurate story from you know the guys that were there in the you know in the room. So with your previous two books, there most likely had to be things you had to cut out for weight or like you like you mentioned before. How hard is it when to, when you have to decide to pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, I found over the course of making these books that the cream rises to the top. So, you know, right now I have a, an outline that's probably got about 60 toy lines on it. And, and right now I think in the, in the actual, um, breakdown of the three sections of the book, I'm looking at 24 lines. So right now there's eight in the golden age, eight, in the darker times and eight in the Gilded Age. Now those have fallen off and, and, and been replaced and then those have fallen off and been replaced. And as more information comes in, the kind of, like I said, the, the cream rises up onto that list. Um, and I know that right now there's one line that's on the list that I really want to include, but I'm a couple of images short of making that six compelling pages. So I'm trying to 
I'm trying to find more imagery for it and I've got somebody on the job. So hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to include that, but that one could fall off and be replaced, um, you know, still because nothing's really locked in yet. So with everything that eventually when this book goes to print, everything that falls off, you're going to still have all this information. Mm -hmm. What do you plan on doing with it? You're, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's a good situation to be in though. Yeah. I mean, I basically told everyone that I would do three of these books and, uh, and I'm sticking to that for now. Right. I truthfully, I have other things I want to do um, uh, beyond Toys of Time Forgot. Although I will say if volume three performs, you know, outstandingly and just goes nuts, well, then I would kind of be hard pressed to walk away given the fact that, you know, the material is still out there. Let's just say right now, I don't foresee a volume four coming in the next two years there'll be something I'll, I'll, I'll move on to something else. There are a couple of things that I've already got semi lined up that I would like to pursue. It's just a matter of doing them. The name of the book is, is a great name. And um, has anybody ever approached you for, for like a, a TV show, like a, like a, like a documentary TV show on toys. Cause it would really sound like it would make a great show on a streaming network. I can't really talk about that. Okay. That's just good enough. No problem. <laughs> No, I, I, I can say I can say this. I, I've taken meetings about it. Cool. Um, will that happen? Your guess right. is as good as mine. But, but there's there's been meetings about it. How did you get the name? The Toys that Time Forgot? You no, know, it's it, it's not. It's kind of one of those things that it's, it's not because you always see stuff like this, that time forgot the land that time forgot the land before time or land, you know, this, that land of the lost. <laughs> and, yeah. Land of the lost. And so. There was that Pixar movie, the toys that oh the yeah the Pixar Christmas shirt right Toy Story that time forgot yeah and I really didn't think about that when I put this together it was just I think I just wrote it down as a placeholder really and that became the title you know I just I made a folder on my desktop and put toys that time forgot and just that was where we just put it over there because originally it was just going to be called unproduced oh like cool. And uh, a lot of people that I ran the titles through actually liked that a lot better than Toys That Time Forgot. Really? But once that I put it on the page or, or once I put it on a cover, uh, I was like, you know, I, I like that better. There's actually a store, uh, a vintage toy store in Canal Fulton, Ohio called The Toys Time Forgot. I think I've seen that on Instagram. Yeah. And a lot of folks, you know, or some folks blamed, said I took my title from that store, which is not really true. I, I have been to that store and it's a wonderful store. Uh, go check it out if you're ever in that area. It's 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 beyond amazing. The title was really just kind of a serendipitous thing I pulled out of the sky. I mean, was subconsciously, was I thinking of Pixar or, the, or that store or something else? Maybe, who knows? So volume three is out and... I'm sure you get this all the time. You know, as collectors, we want the whole set. So is there any possible way we can find volumes one and two? Yeah, there is. Uh, volume two is still in is still in stock. Okay. So I have um, I have copies of volume two. Big Bad Toy Store has copies of volume two. Volume one has been out of print for a long, for a while now. Sold out probably within a year of, of it coming out. I will be doing everything in my power to reprint volume one this year. As a matter of fact, there's a, when the Kickstarter goes live, watch the video and watch to the end. That's all I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sounds great. Do you think you'll write a new intro to it? 
you know, there was talk about why don't I do a, you know, kind of a special edition, Lucas, Lucas, that thing, you know, maybe expand and make a few pages longer, one chapter or insert a bonus chapter and all that stuff. And the more I thought about it, it's like, well, no one's asking for that. They're asking for the book. I'm going to ask for it now, though, now that you said it. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, (laughs) But they're asking for what what they can't get now. So I think initially the plan is to just reprint as is, except for there's a few mistakes that are in there that I'm going to go back. Nothing factual, just a couple of typos Hmm. that we've spotted that we're going to go back and fix. And then there are a couple of graphic anomalies that that kind of rub me the wrong way that I'm going to go in and repair. And then that, so we'll put the book out. Basically, it'll just be a second printing of of the initial book. Now, so reading from everything in my power to make that happen. I really, I, I, I don't not want people to have the book. Now, reading the first two chapters and then doing some research. So the first chapter, I believe, was dedicated to your wife. Mm-hmm. The second one was dedicated to toy collectors. Mm-hmm. And now I've read, correct me if I'm wrong, that this third volume is for you. Yeah. What, could you elaborate on that a little? Well, it's kind of it's it's a little it's a little nudge nudge and wink kind of thing. Uh, I mean, the first one, of course, my wife's been amazing during this whole whole process. You know, she's been right there. You know, if you got a book from us, it was either packed by me or her. And wow. you know, we did we did a ton of uh, all the Kickstarter fulfillment came from us, from just us two. So um, you know, so she's 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 my rock. She's 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 awesome. Couldn't do it without her. Uh, the second one, I was, you know, just kind of the whole idea of, hey, brothers, we're in this together. And, and you know, I, I, and let me show you something you've never seen before, which is the whole punchline to this whole thing. I, I want to show you something you've never seen before. And so it was like, OK, took care of the wife. I took community. And so, well, what about me? So this one's going to be for me. It's like, I just like the idea of putting on that page. This one's for me. Nice. Uh, well, it's well deserved. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you know, there's a there's a bit of that. I mean, because I mean, all the travel I did and all this stuff came out of my pocket. I, I wasn't funded, you know. Oh, sure. This was just me going around, you know, to L.A., to Connecticut, to you know, uh, to Seattle, to Boston, to San Diego. You know, we're we were flying out. We we're going all over the place trying to hunt this stuff down. Ohio. It sounds like you have a book just about about your, making a book about making a book. Yeah, you know, it was it. If, we, if I'd have took better notes, we probably could have done something about that. You know, so, people, uh, people have asked, it's like, well, why didn't you take a camera with you? You could have made a documentary of putting together this whole thing while you're yeah. on the road. And I was like, you know what? That would have been awesome. The only problem is, is that there was only two of us. So that would have been hard to be, you know, if we would have brought a crew around. And plus, yeah. a, lot of these, a lot of these guys invited me into their homes for the first, never have met me for the first time. Be a little awkward, like, oh, by the way, here's sure. the crew. Yeah. Uh, we're going to film this. <laughs> so I don't think I would have had quite the access that I had initially had I been lugging a, a crew, a camera crew around. So the, the, this question is kind of like what they always people always ask of somebody who does something like this. But so you, you've done this three times and all the work involved, and I'm sure there's a lot of late nights and stress and all that. Knowing that now, would you go back and do it all over again? Yeah. Just if only for the friends that I've made during the whole process, you know, I told, you know, I told my wife and I've said this publicly uh, before I said, if for whatever reason, 
volume one, we did all that work for volume one. And for whatever reason, it couldn't be printed or like the Kickstarter failed. Let's say I wouldn't have taken back a minute of, of, of the process. I mean, I've, I made friends for life. You know, I get Christmas cards from people who, you know, who I've met on this journey. I, I get random phone calls, just not even to talk about toys, just to talk, just to say, how are you doing? You know, I made, nice. I made some wonderful friends and, and, you know, future contacts and all that stuff. It's been, uh, it's been great. And that's my one regret about having to do, you know, volume three more remotely was not having that experience because there's something about being able to go to someone's house or go to their town and meet them on their terms, you know, at, either at their place or at a bar or a restaurant or wherever they want to meet if they don't want you at their house. And you just get a better story. They'll open up more. They're comfortable. You know, they get comfortable with you. They're comfortable with their surroundings. And, and you know, they forget that the, you know, that the tape recorder's on. And they just talk. And, and you don't get that over email. You don't get that over the phone as much. You, I mean, you can, but it's... It, it's, it's a lot tougher, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's so much easier doing it face-to-face and so much more uh, rewarding, truthfully. Now, I heard in Volume 3, you've done the impossible. You've actually found people that used to work at LJN. Yeah, yeah, finally. Uh, yeah, I didn't have LJN in the first two books, and it was like one of those things where it's like, well, what, why is it such a tough nut to crack? And, uh, you know, I finally realized that I had a friend whose husband worked in the software division of LJN for a while. So I went and talked to them and he gave me a couple of names of guys on the toy side. And I I finally reached out uh, to someone who returned my call. And as a result, I think LJN has three entries in volume three. Oh, that's awesome. Including one that no one's ever heard of. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay. Um, so any Thundercats stuff or Tiger Sharks? Tiger Sharks. Is Tiger it? Sharks. Okay. Any of the wrestling figures? No, not wrestling. Oh, okay. Um, Tiger Sharks is in there. There's another one that's uh, the one that no one knows about is in there. And then uh, V is in there. Oh, well, the, uh, awesome. The Edie Show? Yeah. I remember them making a doll for that, but there was, right. there was a toy line that was going yeah. to be made? Yes. Interesting. And it's so yeah, funny yeah. that you say that because I just saw a picture of it on, on Instagram of like, you know, remember if you saw the show in the eighties, you know, you were cool or something like that. Right. And I remember watching that as a kid. And the best part was always them peeling their faces off. Right. So you'll see the, there's a teaser of that spread. Um, Cause on once the one, the Kickstarter goes live, uh, you'll be able to scroll down and just like the last book. And I think maybe for the first one too, I pulled three opening chapter spreads so people could get an idea about what they're going to what they're going to see and the first one's v oh very cool uh, so you'll be able to see a little bit of at least what the initial what the initial pages for v will look like yeah that sounds awesome yeah there was a four inch or a three and three quarter inch line planned oh cool uh, but uh because and it was based off of the uh, the series the television series okay. so the 85 television not the mini series that preceded it right so not the not the first one, not final battle. So it was whatever the television. And when the television series kind of tanked, because the original writer wasn't involved with oh. uh, the television show, and then LJN's like, well, we, we're not going to follow through with that since the show is not performing well. Right. And then subsequently, it was canceled. So right. that was a good show. <laughs> yeah. 
So we took some fan requests, send out questions. So this one's from Stephanie in LA. Will we see any more figures in the toy lines that you have already covered? Something like an update? Uh, Not in volume three. Uh, I mean, I really wanted to focus on new material and with a, with, with more of a focus on stuff that no one's ever seen before. I really wanted this one. And that, that kind of comes, goes back to this one's for me. Cause, cause that's what I really dig. I, I want to see this stuff that's like, Holy moly. What is, what is this even that, what is this, you know? So eventually uh, there may be updates to, like I said, I could special edition each of these books and make them a little longer. And because they're, you know, once people see a lot of this material in these books, they go, well, I, you know, I, I knew a guy that had some of that or, you know, or, or that guy that worked for him had, he's the guy that kept all that, you know? So, so I get, you know, an email with an image that I've never seen before or related to a line that I've already covered. So I keep all that. Sure. I mean, uh, so eventually perhaps down the road, we will see uh, either, you know, special editions of the existing books, or maybe, like I said, a best of, uh, that combines combines select chapters from each of the three books into one, and maybe some of those chapters get expanded beyond what they were in the original books. So this one's from Kevin F. in Florida. Besides memories, what souvenirs have you collected throughout all three volumes, <laughs> if any? Yeah, a lot of people have asked, man, have you bought any of this stuff? I mean, look, good grief, you've seen so much. Um, I have, I have made two transactions for three figures, all of it related to Earthworm Jim. Really? Because I loved Earthworm Jim as a cartoon. And, and you're, you're a big Cole fan as well. Yeah. I, I, I regret not jumping on that stuff when I had it, when, when, when it was available. Um, but, uh, I bought a painted hard copy of Evil Jim a wax of a figure called clutch that was supposed to be in the first series, but, and it was a playmates uh, invention. It was not canon to the earthworm Jim story. And I have a hard unpainted hard copy of samurai Jim, uh, all that. Those two were supposed to be in wave two. And I have since acquired a hard copy of the hamsternator. who was in wave two, a lot of, Prototype collecting, especially for unproduced stuff, is a fairly expensive endeavor. Uh, so I'm probably, my my days of that will be fairly limited uh, and probably just uh, hang around properties like Jim that I really, really dig. I started collecting 2D stuff from Jim, from that line. I don't know if you can see it, but... Oh, okay. That back there, that is the original pencil on vellum of I think Copterhead Jim and above it oh, is the original pencil on vellum of Extendo Arm Jim. Oh, very cool. Oh, cool. Both non-produced Wave 2 figures. Uh, and I have a, uh, a a bigger drawing pencil on vellum of the uh, Jim Copter, the motorcycle that they didn't produce, but I have to get it framed still. After the success of the oh I'm sorry this comes from Peter J from Iowa. After the success of the first two volumes, did anyone change their mind or felt slighted in any way from the from the first two volumes? What does that mean? Felt slighted? You know, did anyone not agree? I guess with you trying. Oh, did, did did I get any backlash from? Be right. Nothing. None that I can recall. Nothing like nothing publicly to me like 
you got that wrong or, or that's not the way it happened. Now, I will say this, and I caveat, you know, it's a caveat for everything I do. I'm only as good as the information I receive. And I do my best to vet it between as many sources as I possibly can. So just because one guy says it, I mean, one guy could have a vendetta on that guy and, you know, still after however many years. So I do my best to vet the stories and I need to get, you know, as many people as I can talking about the same thing. And once, you know, once you hit that three to four people giving you the same story, well, you're, you're pretty much there. But I haven't, I haven't gotten any feedback from anybody saying that either I got something dead wrong or that's not the way that happened or, or anything like that. Uh, so, and hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> <All right. laughs> So uh, what is Moon Man Zero? Moon Man Zero is a IP that I came up with back in 2008 that was originally supposed to be a webcomic. I ultimately did not see that through because it was a much bigger commitment than I was prepared to or uh, equipped to handle at the time. My day job had gotten, my responsibilities there had gotten uh, fairly out of control. Uh, so I resurrected it a couple of years after about in 2010, I was going to do it as a comic book or a graphic novel. And, uh, ultimately the one publisher that I had in mind, uh, passed on it. So I, I, I just kind of put it away in a folder and, and these were drawings that I had done originally, um, and forgot about it until last year, or I guess late 2019, I forget we're 2021 now. Uh, and uh, I pulled it back out right during the big animation boom for uh, for the streaming services. Everybody was looking for animation, and, and and animation was the one thing in Hollywood that proved pretty much uh, COVID proof. Guys, everyone could still work from their homes and get animation produced, whereas a lot of these sets uh, were shut down. So I was like, well, maybe I can look at this as an animated thing. And so the original idea was to do a five to six minute uh, short, like proof of concept uh, for it. And when I started poking around and asking the people in the business, well, that was going to be a fairly expensive proposition. Animation is not cheap. So I thought maybe I would go and maybe I could raise some money via Kickstarter for, for, for this, for the pilot. But then I felt it was important to get something out ahead of anything like that. So what I ended up settling on was, I'm in the middle of producing a two to three minute teaser trailer animatic. Now what an animatic is, if you're, if, if you're used to seeing what animation storyboards look like, it's basically storyboards that are glued together uh, to form rough animation. Uh, and usually it's, you go in and do all the sound, the Foley work for sound effects and music and all that stuff. And so it plays like a rough, a rough animation, but uh, it's something visual that will give you an idea about the world and the characters that are involved. So yeah, kind of think of it as a movie trailer, but but done in animatic form. I was lucky enough to find a professional storyboard artist that took my rudimentary drawings and uh, is transforming them into something that's turning out really cool. Uh, I couldn't be more pleased with how things are uh, how things are going and. Should have the all the art done sometime in the next couple of weeks, and then it's on to getting the sounds uh, plugged in. So sometime this spring, hopefully, we'll be able to debut a Moon Man Zero 
teaser trailer. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. We'll it, but then maybe we the next step is to do the uh, Kickstarter for an actual pilot episode. Yeah, that was going to be my last question for you. What's next for Blake Wright? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a couple of projects out there. I mean, uh, the animation thing obviously is one of them. There was I had an idea where I was going to do the the Toys That Time Forgot treatment to the world of computer adventure games from okay. the, from the 80s, 90s, and, and, and aughts, which would involve me basically taking projects that got to a certain point in development, but for whatever reason, never made it out. And if you're thinking, well, there, there's probably not a lot of games that that, that that applies to, you'd be wrong. Again, there are tons. Uh, wow. And I found a bunch of them. And I did a lot of work on this book, actually. Uh, talked to a ton of folks from Sierra, LucasArts, yeah. A lot of independent guys who, who had their hands in doing some stuff back in the day as well. Progress stopped on that book about maybe six, eight months ago when I was told basically that Disney would have my rear end if I did this because they own LucasArts now. Mm-hmm. So going out there and putting out information about unproduced LucasArts games probably wasn't the best idea. So we'll so have I want to do it. I really do. And I, like I said, I've done a ton of research on it already. I think my step might be to actually write up a LucasArts chapter. Just go ahead and do one, lay it out, and try to get either try to get representation to get it to Lucas to say, hey, this guy wants to do this. Yeah. Would you be up for it? Or, I mean, there was a book done in 2008 before the merger called uh, Rogue Leaders, the story of LucasArts. And it was done by a guy named Rob Smith. And it's, it's hard to find now. It's out of print. But he talks about a lot of these games. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of a lot of showing graphically what the games would have looked like, like some of the pre-production art or whatever. Because, I mean, the very first thing you do when you're designing a game is you, uh, you know, you, you write your outline and then you get a bunch of artists around and said, okay, let's, let's draw up what this thing might look like. So there's a ton of art related, a ton of 2D art related to uh, video game development, at least back then. I'm sure the same thing, same thing now. So there's a lot to show. It's just a matter of, you know, are you going to piss somebody off by being mm-hmm. uh, in the, the rogues, uh, the rogue squadron or the rogue leaders book. Like I said, they, there's some imagery in there, but not a lot, but a lot of these games are mentioned by name, but they say basically that they just didn't make it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I would like to really showcase the games and the art involved, but we'll see. I'm, I'm not, it's not totally dead in the water, but I am not that optimistic, truthfully. There was another book that I started researching as well that was toy-related but not unproduced toy-related that has an interesting background to it. It's a it's a toy everyone knows, uh, and it has a, a meaningful anniversary coming up in a couple of years. So I may or may not pursue that as well. Most of the people that I've – most of the inner circle that I've told about it really dig the idea, but it's also a toy that's still being manufactured. So I would probably run in again to the issue of having to get to get that signed off on. Um, but, you know, who knows? It could be Toys of Time for God Volume 4. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. You know, I'm not going to say no to it, but that's not the plan right now, at least. Well, good luck on all those projects. I mean, it sounds like you're keeping busy and, and oh, yeah. You have some great subjects. I mean, that video game concept is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I really want to do that one. And, and you know, uh, the other thing was maybe you just do it and dump it on the internet. But then I was like, well, mm. 
I don't know if I want to do that per se, but there's a lot of books out there that dabble in this. I just bought, there's a French independent publisher in France who apparently has written a dual Lucas arts, a pair of compendiums or whatever you want to call them. And according to the, the table of contents, anyway, they talk about some of these games that I, that I want to talk about. So I'm very curious to see what they were able to get away with. Wow. I'm thinking it's, they probably didn't do it. They probably did it without permission, but at the same time, you know, to have that in my corner and to be able to go, well, what, what about these guys? I mean, I hate to be that guy necessarily, but if it comes down to Disney saying, well, you know, there's just, we would never have books like that out there. And then I can just, you know, throw them these books and say, well, you know, they're out there already. So, you know, why don't we do something together? I don't know. That'll be a tough nut to crack if that, if, if it comes down to it, but I haven't totally given up on it yet. So the book is toys at time forgot volume three, the Kickstarter begins February 10th, 2021. Do yourself a favor. If this is the first time you've picked it up, I cannot recommend this book any more than I, I possibly can. Volumes one and two are already out there. If you can find them, wonderful. Share them with your friends. Just be there for Kickstarter February 10th for Toys at Time Forgot Volume 3. You will not be disappointed. I just want to throw out a thank you to Mr. Blake Wright for joining us. Yes, thank you. Good yeah, luck on your show. Yeah, I something you actually said in our first interview. I always think I always think back to it when I'm doing um my other our other podcast is that there's so many toy people who had passed away and those stories are, are gone because of that. Yeah. I mean, so in a way you're like a historian in a way in this stuff. And that's how yeah, I kind of yeah, think I, of. Yeah. People have called me an archeologist, a detective, yeah. a historian, you know, whatever. And I'll take all the titles. I mean, that's fine. But at the same time, what you're saying is, is, is dead, is dead on. If you don't get a microphone in front of these guys, they're going to pass away. Right, and there goes all that information. And it's because if you're, like I said, if you're making to- if you were 30 making toys in the eighties, you're 70 now, 70 mm-hmm. toys. Yeah. It's something I try to keep in mind when I'm working on something that you want to get that story. Yeah. You know, probably, so truthfully, that's probably the, 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 the greatest incentive for me not to stop. Is that because if I take a couple of years off, who do we, who do we lose in the, in the gap? And there's nobody else doing it. And there's nobody else doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not looking to hand off the baton or anything, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's no one, there's no one out there doing it. There's some folks that do like, you know, YouTube shows and that sort of thing. Yeah. No one's doing it to the degree that I'm doing it. And, and yeah, so that's, I mean, it's a good point to be able to say that, you know, if I don't keep, you know, seeking these guys out, yeah, we're, we may, we may lose some, some really cool stories, but hopefully, you know, if I don't keep doing them, someone will pick up the baton and, and, and start doing them. Well, we hope you keep doing it for a long time. So thank you, Mr. Blake Wright. Toys at Time Forgot, February 10th, Volume 3. Do yourself a favor, just just get it. Even if it's just one one copy. Because I am curious about this whole playset or, or stuff here. Deluxe package. Deluxe package, thank you. That's what we called it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do the news right now, so you're more than welcome to join us. If not, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I'll stick around. Awesome. So let's do some news, Ian. All right. So something said real quick. Actor Dustin Diamond's Screech Powers has died at the age of 44. Yeah, it's a stage four cancer, lung cancer, I believe. He, yeah, he, he announced it three weeks ago. Yeah, it's like, 
Boom. And we just lost uh, Christopher Plummer as well. Yes. At age 91. This is crazy. Yeah, it's very young. Yeah, we're not, I mean, we're close to his age. I'm a year older. But, you know, so it's like. That's a shame he never made it to the reboot. Yeah, they were saying there was um, talks for uh, the second season for him to come back maybe somehow. No, unfortunately, of course. Yeah. yeah. So Marvel Legends has announced a six-inch Maestro figure available for pre-order right now on Hasbro Pulse and other retailers. Now, at the $30 price point, some fans are feeling cheated because they're expecting to get more accessories for the price point. Believe it or not, this figure was originally solicited for $50. Crazy. But, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a huge Maestro fan, but... This looks like a good figure. You know, very comic accurate. I don't even know who he is. He looks like the Hulk with a beard. He's basically that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, in the go. comics, yeah, he's, you know, he's kind of like an overlord. Oh, okay. Comics. Yeah. It is retailing for $30 and will be out this August. And then Colossus and Juggernaut, the Marvel Legends 2-pack, will be shipping in June if you miss the original. And then... Here's something exciting. From our friends over at Super 7, this is the box artwork for the Thunder Tank. The massive $450 vehicle for the Thundercats. How big Your, do you think... Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. How big do you think this box would be? Bigger than Snake Mountain or... No, no. Not that big, but... Okay. Big but, enough. I mean, yeah. It'll be comparable. The artwork is by Jason Edmonston and is now available for pre-order from Super 7, but now... Everyone's jumped in on this. You have so many places for the purchase, but here's the best part. Because it's a hefty price tag, you have a lot of options. You have Partially, which is what Super 7's offering. Big Bad Toy Store is offering payment plans. And also Sideshow, which a lot of people are going to because you can actually have a longer layaway type of payments. I think it's good that these companies are starting to do this now. Because if you're a collector and you you don't have that money the first time, but you have a little bit of it, or you, you can get enough of it for that first payment, it's a great way to uh to can you continue collecting without having to um sit on the sidelines like oh I can't afford this one either. You know, it's it's frustrating when you really want to collect something but you don't have the money. So this is kind of a nice uh nice way for sort of everybody to win. Absolutely, and like Blake was mentioning before about shipping and weight. Now, if you log on to super7.com for international collectors, you have a long list of retailers now. So you don't have to break the bank even more. So that's kind of nice. Never really right. thought about that. Yeah. So Pixel Dan recently spoke to our friends over at Super 7, Brian Flynn. And yes, folks, we are getting Ultimates Silverhawk figures. Unfortunately, because of COVID and shipping and all these other things, we're not going to probably see the first figure for at least three months and then probably ordering it a little bit later after and let's face it we're probably going to see uh, the majority of it in 2022 i could be wrong but that's my theory you're right now <laughs> yeah i mean everybody is is getting delays right now uh mm -hmm. brian was talking about chinese new year's yeah chinese new year's happening right now so yeah it's shut down for a month six weeks yeah. Uh, so you're not going to get anything out of China. Anymore. Right. And then McFarlane Toys just announced that they were able to get Kickstarter spawn out. However, they're looking for a spot right now because all the docks are so overloaded 
that they're waiting for a spot just to get unloaded, not even, you know, clearing customs and stuff. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's the reality we're living in right now. I mean, I don't think it's too bad for collectors. You know, we're going to, we will eventually see this stuff. We just need to be a little bit more patient. More patient and it's used to. a chance to save up for it. You know, say, just, yeah, just get busy refilling your wallet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. See a penny, pick it up. Yeah. So Mesco Toys has announced a couple of things. This is the Spider-Man villain. Morbius. Morbius. Thank you. Losing it. The 112 collection. So you know you're getting quality stuff. 30 points of articulation. Three head portraits. Approximately 17 centimeters tall. You're getting just the usual Mezco treatment. I mean, look how beautiful this head is. And now he's got an open mouth head. Yeah, the things are really uh, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. $85 retail at Mezco.com. Mezcotoys.com. And now he comes with a laboratory, a mobile laboratory. Oh, wow. Now, instead of having parts of the figure light up, it lights up in his laboratory. I mean, look cool. at all this cool stuff. Yeah. That's not bad for $85. Actually, before you put this picture up, I was thinking, okay, you're just getting sets of hands, a couple of heads, but this is pretty cool. Yeah, you're, yeah, Mesco always takes care of their yeah. customers. I do like the, the witch looking hands, the wide, the long fingered, yeah. Yeah. Now, Mesco also sent out a press uh, release recently about the delays. I know I'm still waiting for my Christopher Reeve Superman. So it's coming. You just got to be patient. Unfortunately, like I said, this is this is the world we're living in right now. And along the lines of delays, the Valiverse, Bobby Valla, who we spoke with last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago, he announced that Action Force will be delayed and will not be shipping in March as previously expected. So hopefully we'll get those figures by springtime. It's got to be frustrating for the creator, uh, just as much as for the, maybe more so for the fan, for how much work that goes into this. And you're like, Blake, you could probably even agree on that. Like you put so much work into it and and heart and soul. And then for whatever reason, something gets pushed back or delayed. And it's, it's just like, you just, want to release it to the world for them to finally see it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, same thing happens to me because my, you know, the books are printed in China. So I've got to bring them over on a a boat too. So it would be the same situation. If, if I had a book, you know, one of the books was, you know, trying to get a space at LA port because it's sitting out on a Mm. boat in the middle of water. Um, Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can totally relate to it. Uh, Hopefully by the time, you know, the book rolls around, yeah, everything will smooth out. Yeah, they, we're not, you know, because I'm sure the docks aren't fully staffed because of COVID or what have you. Yeah. Get, get back to business of everyone, um, you know, being able to work you know, within six feet of one another or whatever the protocol is going to be. Yeah. And even Super 7, our Brian just said recently that prices will be going up because China is yeah. looking for cheaper factories now. Yeah. They want they're, they're, China's trying to transition away from being a manufacturer, right? A manufacturing outlet. I mean, there are other countries over that you can go to, and some companies have already moved some stuff out of China. You know, it's just a matter of being able to find the the right situation that marries the the price you need and the and the quality that, that's desired. But yeah, no, it'll it'll be a challenge going forward. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, tough sledding. We we had oil prices tank. 
you know, the way they did. And we mm-hmm. saw absolutely no relief on the plastics end when it came to, you know, manufacturing uh, toys and action figures. Mm-hmm. Prices didn't, didn't go down. They mm-hmm. went up. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to keep going up. Yeah. yeah. Right. you're right. So G.I. Joe Fortnite Snake Eyes with a new color scheme. Now, this one has gray highlights as compared to an all-black snake eyes that we're used to seeing, especially in the classified lines. Now, you're also going to get, besides the figure, the wacky Fortnite accessories. And then this is a pre-order at HasbroPulse.com for $39.99. I don't know. I prefer getting just a classified figure. It looks like a plunger, that one thing. It probably is. Okay. I mean, Fortnite, yeah, Fortnite does some crazy stuff. It's, I'm thinking, like, I don't remember Snake Eyes using a plunger in any of the G.I. Joes I saw, but um, he looks cool. But I would think I would just want, like, the basic figure uh, and maybe the wolf that he had in the cartoons, but that's about it. So also from Hasbro, the Star Wars Black Series Gaming Greats Cal Kestis figure from Jedi Falling Order. And this is a GameStop exclusive, and he does come with a... Somewhat of uh, of accessories. He comes with two lightsabers, a hood, a hollow cube, BD-1, and a boggling. Now, this is an updated costume from his previous release, and he'll be out on GameStop at in June, or the first of the Gaming Greats line that Hasbro's putting out in conjunction with Star Wars. I mean, if you're a fan of the video game, I'm not a big gamer. But yeah, or you're... Uh, Star Wars completist, and you need to own everything. The Boggling's cool looking, you know. I like his name too. But after a while, it, it gets to be like, you know, I can't afford it, or where I can't afford it, or am I gonna put it? Right. Do I open it? Do I not open it? It's it's a lot of decisions for toy makers. Actually, I can't sleep at night sometimes from it. But you have to give it up to Hasbro. They're trying their best to get other consumers now. Yeah, not putting and on like cool 20 stuff. Luke Skywalker. Although if they want to put out a Luke Skywalker Black Series from The Mandalorian, I say go for it. But It'll uh, happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. So Boss Fight Studios, now this is cool, has announced this is very cool. a Popeye line. Wave 1 will include Popeye, Olive Oil, Bluto, and Castor Oil. Now, these figures, according to Boss Fight, are inspired by their 1930s appearance in Thumble Theater. So, uh, Thimble Theater. Oh, what um, I say? Sorry. Fumble. But sorry, go back for a second. So now, the little baby, that's Sweet Pea, isn't it? Correct. Okay. That is one, that second head for him, he is one pissed off baby. Um, but yeah, these are, the, the level, the points for articulation is great on this. At the knees and, you know, everywhere, the, the elbows, just to make, if you wanted to do a toy photography, if you wanted to do um, stop motion, this looks like it, it's just built for it. Right. Yeah, the accessories are pretty cool too with swappable hands. Well, oh, there's so. um, was it Jeep Jeep? Whatever his name is, Jeep, Jeep. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that's. I think you're right. Yeah. So these will be launching later in the year, and Boss Fight has also said the action figures is not where we're going to stop. They're going all out on this license, which is pretty cool um, for Popeye. For Popeye, so you might see like Sea Hag or. Popeye's boat, or well, yeah, I'm sure they're going to continue the line, but they're coming out with other stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, Popeye's, Popeye's coming back. Flash Gordon had the the lunchbox from them, so That's I'm cool. sure we'll see something like that. Well, you know, if you really think about it, Popeye never really left because Mezco did the Popeye. Yeah, figure. I think the big thing is that kids 
20 and down. I have no idea who Popeye is. No, that's a shame. Cause it, 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 he's, a, he's a great cartoon. It's great. I, I meant the video game. Um, yeah. Williams yeah. movie. Those Mezco figures, the Popeye figures are the only one twelves that I bought. Really? I okay. I have both. I have the standard one. I have the sailor that was the exclusive and I bought the Bluto tooth pack. Cause you have to have Bluto. Right. Um, right. And the, the boss fight stuff looks awesome. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure there will be because their stuff is normally pretty quality. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Popeye is coming back because I, I read recently where I think it was maybe it was Sony or somebody else restarted the Gindy Tarakovsky uh, mm-hmm. development of that Popeye. Which, if you go out to YouTube and type in Gindy's name and Popeye, oh, the trailer, you'll be able to see no. that. Well, it's not even a trailer; it's a it was just yeah, a it was like a short. Yeah, yeah, it was good too. It was like a test thing, and it's a, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I really, really dig it, and I said, I hope, I hope that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've always had a soft spot for Popeye in in my heart. I mean, it was. I can remember it was the very first animated show I've ever seen in my life, and that's when I got hooked on you know being an animation junkie. Now, do you remember when? So we have Popeye's chicken. Do you remember when they actually had Popeye's merchandise of Popeye? I remember when I was young, I got uh, like Back a baby like, figure. Yeah, exactly. For Christmas. Which I guess they switched it. I don't know when, but now it's like a, a Cajun style chicken. But I remember I was like, whatever happened to like Popeye? I remember he was like, you used to get like like a Happy Meal or you know, their equivalent of like a little figure. Um, and all of a sudden it switched. It was strange to me. So hmm. Hot Toys is releasing a Batman and Robin figures based on the Val Kilmer movie, Batman and Robin. I think they need to turn Robin around. Yeah. That's yeah. not a good that's something wrong with that picture there. That's uh yeah. you're a family show, Tommy. That uh yeah, that's been a big uh big complaint amongst fans. I mean it's great for Chris O'Donnell. He yeah, he's gonna get worked in forever, but I... <laughs> that they're doing the figures period is probably <laughs> uh worth scratching your head over, let alone the endowment. <laughs> and if you if you actually notice, they removed the nipples from this Batman suit. Yes, but Robin has them. Robin has them. And this, the thing is, like, I can't unsee it now because it's just like there. Well, I'm sure sixty six Robin's jealous. He's like, they didn't get <laughs> to my suit. Edward tights. <laughs> so Naked Toys has released a Batman Battering replica, and will be at Walmart for fourteen ninety nine. That's a pretty cool price. Nick is, if you log into the NickaStore.com, you can actually get a chance to purchase the Splinter and Shredder movie 2-pack, along with a Foot Soldier movie-accurate 2-pack. Oh, very cool. So this is great. I mean, NECA is really has heard fans complaining about Target and all these specialty stores, and they're actually doing something about it, which is great. Now, there isn't a... Uh, pick yet, but from Big Bad Toy Store, there will be a Masters of the Universe Origins Faker figure coming from Mattel. So, Tom, as a He-Man guy, what do you think? Will do you think they'll go with the blue skin, or like was he always blue skinned Faker? Yeah, he, well, except in the filmation cartoon. And did he actually look like He-Man in the filmation cartoon? Yeah, it was basically just Same He-Man thing. with with bright eyes, no mustache, like for the evil version. No. <laughs> But Super 7 was the only company that's actually made that version. 
so I'm sure the Origins version, which is based on the vintage line, is going to come out with the blue skin, and hopefully you'll have that sticker with the you know rotating gears. Tweeterhead has also announced this just came out, a Tila statue. That's what the statue is going to look like. That's actually great work. You know what? Product, product may vary, he says, but... Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. The statues are okay. The busts, in my opinion, not so great. They came out with the Shira bust not too long ago. It just it just didn't sit well with me. I mean, that's just my personal opinion, but Tweeterhead, Tweeterhead's been up and down with me. Some more delays. Pixel Dan's The Toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and the Compendium, if you purchase it from PowerCon, are both delayed until April 27th. They're supposed to come out later this month, but printing delays, I'm sure. Or same issue with... Uh, yeah, it's all over now. That's got to get frustrating. Again, like like I said, like I would probably be like... If I was the writer of the book, I'd probably be like, oh, come on. But on the plus side, though, international collectors have different ways of getting it. Big Bad Toy Store is now selling the books in Canada. Hmm. So you don't have to pay those outstanding shipping prices, which is kind of nice. Now, volumes of, uh, I guess, volume two now was also featured in Big Bad Toy Store, correct? Or Yeah, uh, Big Bad uh, has volume two in stock right now. That's their third reorder. So wow. they sell through them pretty good. They, they ordered uh, volume ones too towards the end of the run and sold through on on those as well. Wow. Uh, and I suspect they will be back for, for volume three. So McFarlane Toys has two versions of the Batman Beyond figure. There's the standard release and then the target only release, which is the Build-A-Figure. The major difference is basically the the head on the figure. If you want a more detailed face expression from Terry, then the general release is for you. If you like that dark, more comic booky, you know, head along with the build a figure, then the target exclusive is the way to go. See, the target one has different hands too for accessories. Yeah, he also comes with uh, batterings. Yeah, and the general animated has the flames for the rocket for the rocket boots. Correct. Um, so that's a kind of a tough call. In a way, yeah, the... I I like the the target exclusive better. Mm-hmm. Like I love that mask feel. It's got, it looks like it's got a more pointier jaw as well, from what right. I can tell from the picture. But you know, it is it is they are quite nice looking. And then recently, Ethan Van Skyver has announced not so much a delay, but he's waiting for his books to ship before he would solicit his Cyber Frog action figures. So again, we're probably going to end up waiting till twenty twenty two just to see these figures. So if 2020 was kind of a culture shock, 21, I guess, will be, I guess, a waiting pattern, really, because we're going to get a whole bunch of cool things in 22. Yeah, it's going to be like Christmas 2022. Yeah. But, I mean, we still have some stuff to look forward to this year, like our beloved Razor sure Crest. Is. I can't wait for this one. <laughs> can't wait to take pictures of it. So here's something cool that you'll be interested in, Ian. Disney and other theme parks will be opening soon. 
if uh, and, California bill passes. Okay. That's good, definitely good news for them. Definitely good news. Especially the poor people, the cast members. I was just going to say, I hope they, they said they were going to lay off like 23,000 people or um, something. It's, yeah, and, and that's been um, not just Disneyland, but Disney World has lost a lot of cast members. And not even just part-time or some full-timers, but like the um, the college program was shut down for a while. International cast members coming over to work in um, Epcot. That's been I think put on hold for a while now. Uh, so, you know, th th this crisis is just, it, it really has affected everything. And it, it starts with one thing and, and it affects this and affects that. And it's like a domino effect where jobs and, and people out of work and money and, or people getting sick. And it's just like this overall like cluster where like, like unbelievable what this thing has affected. Um, and hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll soon get underhand and, Start having some kind of normal life again. So PowerCon, because of COVID, has recently released, I guess, surveys and asking people if they would actually attend PowerCon this year, September 11th and 12th, if the bill passes. So I remember I got one recently. And, you know, I mean, if you use precautions, you know, I'll, you know, maintain safe distance. I'll wear a mask. And hopefully I can see some people and have a good time like we do every year. So good luck to PowerCon. I would love to see it. The big question is, do you think San Diego will happen this year? No. Too many sure. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about um, like New York? Do you think? Comic that's like October. So maybe. Well, well then again. Because kind of, New York has been such a hotbed for this thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I would be, I would be surprised. Uh, Although, you know, it really depends on how fast this vaccine gets rolled out. What do you think about um, Toy Fair 2022? Do you think that'll definitely happen? Yeah, that's probably a little too far out to gauge mm -hmm. uh, with any sort of certainty. I hope it does. Yeah. Right now, their fall show in Dallas in October is still on. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, yeah. it comes to the point to where, you know, if the vaccine gets rolled out a little more expeditiously over the spring and summer months, then stuff that's happening in the fall could probably still happen, but it's probably going to, you know, it's going to come down to, um, you know, each individual uh, events call right? Or, yeah. or versus whatever, you know, like in New York, if the state says, then they can't. Right. I tell you this, this year, I, I missed Toy Fair not coming this year. I know we were just talking about this last week, but um, that is one of my favorite times of the year is Toy Fair. I love going. It's just um, such a enjoyable thing to do, uh, and it's it's almost weird. Like, and I know that probably sounds like I don't know if that sounds selfish or childish or whatever, but um, it's just it's an enjoyable thing to go to. Um, and you know, understand why, of course, but you know, it's it's one of the highlights that I look forward to throughout the year. So, I just want to give a special thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Help out other collectors at hashtag collectors helping collectors or hashtag CHC. Thank you to all our friends at Spectre Creative and Scott Knightlick and one of his former bosses are currently having a eBay sale. So 
they have some great stuff. They had a lot of unproduced stuff. One of the items, I believe, is the Spirit of King Grayskull, which is currently going for $9,000. But he is fair. He's taking offers. So who knows? So uh, just follow follow Spirit of Grayskull on eBay, and you'll find him. Uh, Tom, we've also, um, congratulations are in order for you for your new podcast. Yep, I was about to mention that. Okay. If you are a He-Man fan, I've recently started my pet project. Uh, I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. This is the People of Eternia podcast. Past, present creators of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I am so fortunate to sit down and actually speak to these incredible people. Our first episode was released with the wonderful Scott Knightlick, who was the Classics brand manager. And he's just the beginning. I have so many people. We're going to talk about new adventures, vintage. It's going to be a fun show, and I hope you take the ride with me. It's People of Grayskull, now currently on Podbeam and Apple Podcasts. Congratulations. Thank you. So we are now on YouTube. Thanks for subscribing. And hit that button, or bell, excuse me. Hit that bell to get updates on what we're doing and on all our episodes, please join the conversation at toyspodcast at gmail.com. Toy Lines is officially on every platform, so there's no excuse. Please leave us a review or a comment or a subscription. You can do all three. We appreciate it. For all the latest toy news and reviews, log on to toys-lines.com. If you like what you see here, please help out the channel and purchase a t-shirt i don't believe in patreon even though you know you get stuff but you work hard for your money you should get instantaneous gratification so if you're inclined purchase a t-shirt and we thank you in advance also please enjoy ian's podcast rocketeer radio i've spoken with ian about it it's a great show and he's got an amazing guest i'm not going to tell you who it is but (laughs) you do not want to miss Rocketeer Radio. Thank you, sir. Follow us on all the social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, at Toylines, and Facebook, you can find us at Twitter. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Facebook, you can find us at Toylines or Toy Shelf Magazine. Again, thank you to Mr. Blake Wright. The book is Toys That Time Forgot, Volume 3, and it launches February 10th. Get this book. You will not be disappointed. If you're a toy lover, it should have been ordered yesterday. So thank you, Mr. Wright. Yeah, thanks, guys. I feel bad that I don't have a podcast to share, though. <laughs> oh, that's fine. And um, actually, if you want to mention out where people can find you besides Kickstarter. Yeah, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Toys of Time Forgot. On Instagram, it's at Toys of Time Forgot. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at Blake underscore E underscore Wright. Uh, and uh, for Moon Man Zero stuff, there is uh, facebook.com slash Moon Man Zero, and there's also mm-hmm. on Instagram at Gibbous Creative. Gib- yeah, that's Gibbous. That's for Moon Man Zero, right? Yeah, check that out. All, all, awesome. of the, yeah. all of the animation projects uh, going forward are under the Gibbous Creative banner. Cool, awesome. And I also want to throw out a special thank you to all the listeners that emailed us for questions for Mr. Wright. So I'm Tom Romero. Ian Westhoff. Play with your two. What'd you say? (laughs) I just said my name. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. And you are, sir. Blake Wright.
<laughs> Play with your toys. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide guide to to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me. And Michael, that's me. We'll take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. (laughs) 